0: find another way once time and now
1: hello everybody this is Tammy and Byron and off kilter no filter um, we just finished wrapping up uh, all of our superhero well for now superhero episodes uh, and this this today we're going to actually ch- switch gears um, and talk about uh, our favorite years and that sounds weird, but let me explain. <laughs> um, we're going today. We're gonna talk about. Well, I'm gonna talk about my eleventh grade year, which would be 1985 and 1986. And Byron, what is yours?
0: Mine is 1996.
1: 1996. Yeah. Is there some of 1995 in there too, or is it just 1996?
0: Mm, mostly 96. Cause okay. yeah, the end of 95 was a was a tumultuous year in my childhood (laughs) so yeah 96 was was 100 times better so yeah we'll stick with 96 (laughs)
1: how how old were you in 1996
0: I was eight and I turned nine Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for an eight-year-old it was Mm -hmm. it was awesome you know I guess some of the commentary would be like well how how bad could it have been for a seven year old like look that's a different episode okay
1: (laughs) right hey and things can be bad for a seven-year-old yeah. As we all know mm-hmm. well, for mm-hmm. my year eleventh grade of course i would be sixteen- and seventeen right um yeah sixteen in the fall and uh my birthday's in March, so uh seventeen in uh in march of nineteen eighty six um and because I couldn't really decide you know was it all of eighty five or just eighty six it was definitely my eleventh grade year yeah my mm-hmm. my in uh in high school. Uh, for so many reasons. Um, but probably the number one reason would be because that was the year that I spent, um, uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been friends with my husband since seventh grade. (laughs) Uh, but that year, um, that, that school year, and we went to school together and all that stuff, but that school year, uh, Doug and I spent a lot more time together. Uh, he had broken up with his girlfriend which we won't mention, because <laughs> she was my friend, and then she betrayed me. <laughs> but that's all right. I ended up, you know, with the better part of the deal. Um, uh-huh. And that was the time that I that I spent that that year. Um, I spent most of my time with Doug and our friend Chris. Um, so we were kind of like a, you know, a group. And uh, so that I have, for high school, uh, back then in Richardson, high school was 10, 11, and twelve. Mm-hmm. Junior high was seven, eight, nine, and elementary was K through six. So out of my three years of high school, <laughs> that was probably the best year. And that was probably out of K through 12, probably the best year <laughs> I had <laughs> from K through 12. And and the the number one reason was all the time um, that I spent with my friends, with Doug and Chris. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, okay. I, so I, yeah, 16, 17 years old. I got my driver's license that year, you know during 11th grade i was a little bit later than others a lot of people get theirs at 16 we're crossing our fingers liam gets his at 16 but i didn't get mine until i was 17 Mm -hmm. but so again you know that kind of adds to it as well but there was a lot of world stuff going on during that time so do you want to talk about yours or mine or which how do we want to do this first
0: well i mean you already set the scene so yeah Yeah, keep going (laughs) like okay. I, I i am i am like sitting here with if i could cross my legs because uh, yeah. you know we got to stretch and do some yoga <laughs> yeah and see a yeah. chiropractor um <laughs> but yes yeah, so if i could cross my legs i'd be sitting here going like ooh tell me more tell me more so yes
1: yeah because I'm, I'm looking at it from a teenage perspective and of course i i wasn't like fully into to um world events right uh because there's so much going on in the world during that time looking at my yearbook it's It's really interesting that in my yearbook, they put all that stuff into it. So I didn't have to go very far for research (laughs) or memory. And of course, ask Doug, because again, he was there, you know, right by my (laughs) side for 11th grade. But there, you know, I, again, I wasn't uh, into politics and I wasn't into world events. You know, I'm 51 now. So of course, that's more a bigger part of my life uh, Mm -hmm. than it was when I was a teenager. As most teenagers, it's not a big part of their life. And in a way, I don't think it should be. Um, but there were so many different world events that were going on at that time that were major things that, that changed things. Uh, so I'm going to start with 1985. So, um, one of the things that I remember the most, of course, uh, because it had so many different people involved in it. And of course, my favorite musician gave it a big fuck you, uh, would be Live Aid and We Are The World. (laughs) Yeah, Prince was not a fan. And I'll I'll get to that as to why in just a little bit. Um, You can actually see him sitting there. Eating a lollipop uh, and Yes not, yeah, he's, he's like there but he's like I'm here mm-hmm. just to give you basically a fuck you But anyway yeah. um, <laughs> But there were it was like you know All of the heavy hitters at that time Were all part of this because there was Famine uh, in Ethiopia and other parts Of the world in particular sub-Saharan Africa uh, and so You know A lot of the, the privileged musicians And you know singers Songwriters and so forth got together to, to do this whole live aid. They traveled around the world, you know, different areas and people bought tickets to go see this and then the money, you know, goes to Ethiopia and other places around the world where there's famine. Okay. Good idea. But really in, in, I guess in, in Prince's mind and in me, of course, being a teenager, I loved it, right? Because mm-hmm. the, everybody I love is on the same stage, right? And we all kind of like that, that collaboration a mm-hmm. lot of times. Uh, but looking at it as an adult now and uh, looking at it from Prince's perspective, I kind of get it because it's almost, we're doing this for you, poor people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but after this is over, this just makes us look good. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it'll be over. And then It's what? also
0: glossing over the fact that <laughs> we put you in this position in the first place, <laughs>
1: exactly. whether
0: directly or indirectly. Exactly. It doesn't matter; the impact is the
1: same. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that was part of you know Prince's thought. Is like, look, okay, if you're going to help them, that's fine, help them. But you don't have to make this big giant spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. You're 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 basically saying, we are the world. Pat us on the back because we're going to help these people, you know, who mm-hmm. we've created in the first place.
0: Yeah.
1: And and it doesn't even solve the problem ultimately anyway, which is the other thing that he was saying. It doesn't, this is not going to solve the problem. You're going to dump a bunch of money on these countries that have shitty governments that aren't going to let their countrymen who are actually doing the starving have the food Mm -hmm. you, you you've put in in place or allowed these different governments to take place. And then now you're just going to create a whole bunch of money pat yourselves on the back for it by selling albums and all this other kind of shit and then dump the money and then walk away oh we did our part there it is Mm -hmm. you should thank us
0: because political and social capital is a commodity yes yes that feeds into the capitalist framework yes i can buy and sell political Mm -hmm. and social goodwill so yes uh we Are The World, I think, sold like 50 million copies mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It raised mm-hmm. a lot of money. And on the surface, yes, that sounds great. It's a good, it's a quote-unquote good thing. But right. that's what, I don't know if Prince is saying that, you know, verbatim, but that's that's the sentiment. Yo. Right. Uh, you created, or at least in part, you helped contribute to this environment yeah. of why there's famine in the first place. This mm-hmm. is the richest nation on the planet, and somehow... Not only are countries starving in other continents, right? But now we, mm-hmm. st- we still have our issues here, but we're still the richest nation in, in, in the world right. and in history and so on and so forth. So how do you make that make sense? These two things are incongruent. So, yeah, right. I get then, it. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, but at the time, of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm 16. Mm-hmm. What the fuck do I know about the rest of it? So of course, exactly, I'm I did not buy the album. <laughs> I will say this: I did not buy the album, and of course, I didn't buy any tickets to go watch the stuff. But of course, I watched it on MTV, mm-hmm. right? I didn't put any like money into it, but of course, I supported it because I'm a teenager. What the fuck do I know? Exactly. And so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna love it. Cindy Lopper's up there, Huey Lewis in the news is up. There. You know, all the people that were up there, great, you know, mm-hmm. even uh, what's his name?
0: Oh, Quincy Jones.
1: Thank you. Wasn't <laughs> it a Quincy Jones production though? Yes.
0: I It was to say Quincy it was, Jones, yeah. Michael Jackson, and Lionel Richie yeah. got together. Yeah. Because after Michael Jackson swept the Grammys with uh, Thriller in 1984, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, now that we have this moment, let's use um, the platform that we have sure. to bring attention to what's going on in Sub Saharan Rap. Again, the sentiment, intentions the, are good. The intentions yeah. are good. Yes. And, like nobody, not nobody, but very, very few people would say, nah, right? <laughs> exactly, you know, right, exactly. like very few people are like mm, I really don't want to do that. And, and Except Prince. Prince, Prince. <laughs> did, well, it, and Prince said he didn't want to do it because of everything right. we just explained, right? But he, <laughs> yeah. but he did his he did his thing in his own way, of course, because you know yes, Prince is did. Prince. Yeah. But that's that's the whole point where it's like, okay, I have this platform, I have this mm-hmm. this moment, this power in the music industry in the public eye. So let me use, let me do what I can while I can. And and this Mm -hmm. is you can argue this is the best way to do it or in hindsight, was it the best way to do it? But this is what I have at the moment, which is where like a lot of people fall into. So even everything I said earlier, we can I'm critiquing it, but we're critiquing, obviously, through the lens of of present day when it was happening when you were, you know, 15 or 16 you know, you weren't, mm-hmm. like you said, you weren't thinking about all of that. And that's not because nope. you didn't care or because, you know, or what, you know, nefarious reason or whatever. It's just more so like,
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: 15. Like, nobody's thinking. 15-year-olds <laughs> are not thinking about the world no. problems like that no. in 1985. And kind of should
1: in a way. Exactly,
0: right? They have to now. Not that they have to, but... It, it's, it's in it's, their
1: face a little bit more. It's
0: in their face now because you have mm-hmm. the internet and social media. You right, don't have that right. barrier that you had in in the eighties exactly. because you didn't have yeah. <laughs> you know, technology wasn't where it where it is now, obviously.
1: And sixteen uh, year olds don't watch the news and sixteen well, they didn't. And sixteen mm-hmm. year olds didn't watch, you know, the regular NBC news or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. God forbid we watched, you know, fucking sixty minutes on Sunday boring what a drag but you You know that's why you got a job
0: you you only had um by 1985 Mm -hmm. cnn was the only 24-hour news network and that was still new
1: and if you didn't have cable you didn't Mm -hmm. have that
0: exactly
1: and so you know no no teenager back then maybe there were okay obviously but they were exceptions to the rule because teenagers didn't stay up for the 10 o'clock news To Mm -hmm. sit there and watch all these people drone on about all the shit that was happening. Yes, Mm -hmm. we were aware of stuff, of course, because we hear about it, right? Um, The other thing that I, you know, that segues to the other thing is, of course, Gorbachev. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gorbachev um, being, uh, now becoming the leader of the Soviet Union, which Mm -hmm. really, you know, yes, we all know that um, the Soviet Union ends in 1989, 1990, but it starts in 1985, uh, because Gorbachev is a different type of leader than the ones before him, right? Than Khrushchev um, or Brezhnev or any of those. Mm-hmm. Because he starts what's called Paris Troika. And no, I did not know what Perestroika was back then. I didn't know, but I did know that my president, Ronald Reagan at the time, went golfing with the president of, of the Soviet Union. That was like a big fucking deal, right? Mm-hmm. And we did know that... You know, people in the Soviet Union or the block, the whole Soviet block, because that included other countries besides just Russia and so on, wanted what we wanted. Uh, we talked a little bit about this with the music for the 1980s, but there was other things that they wanted, and you know, music was coming out about that. So we kind of knew that, in a way, our pop culture was bleeding out of the Western society into that Eastern bloc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did hear about that. You know, we heard again about Gorbachev. You know, they made fun of him on Saturday Night Live. But also, they they also did push the fact that he was a different type of leader. He was opening doors, or opening windows at least. Cracks were beginning to appear in the Soviet Union. And And, and as a teenager, I did feel that. That was mm. something that was just really, you know, it was kind of a running program in the back mm. that slowly... The Soviet Union was becoming less Soviet Union than it was. And then, of course, as we talked about before we, before we uh, started recording, uh, New Coke <laughs> came out in 1985, and it was disgusting. If any of you are my age and you liked New Coke, fuck you. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked New Coke, which is why they stopped it like a year or two later. Because it was shit. <laughs> Everybody was like, "This is disgusting!" And then, of course, then they went back to regular Coke and they named it Coke Classic. Uh-huh. So, as far as th- it was a marketing ploy, you know, somebody it was just nasty and oh, nobody liked it, and it was a mark. I'm pretty sure it was a marketing ploy. It worked. I know it
0: was. They talk about it in the, they talk about it in, the, in in um advertising class.
1: That mm-hmm. that oh, yeah.
0: is a, a prime <laughs> example of how you. Because um, at the time, why they did New Coke is because when Pepsi came along, it started out selling, mm-hmm. especially in the 80s, because because you had, yeah. you know, your Pepsi generation, right?
1: Um, and, but you had... Yeah, it was the Cola Wars.
0: Yeah. And and you had at like the time... Like, literally you know, the Cola Wars. The biggest entertainer is backing Pepsi. Like, like mm-hmm. Michael, oh, Jackson yeah, Michael Jackson is, is backing yes. Pepsi. You know, mm-hmm. this man burned got got burned promoting pepsi and then yes turned around <laughs> yeah, and that. did it again with uh with the bad album because i have mm-hmm. um a tape where it's from front to back it's nothing but michael jackson performances and videos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. on there um during the bad era he has his pepsi uh commercial a couple of them so when you mm-hmm. have the biggest entertainer in the world backing your brand in, in the 80s, it was it was all about branding, right?
1: Yes. So oh, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> right. So all of that is to set up when Coke comes out or new Coke comes out and people are like the hell is mm-hmm. this? And you have, again, Michael Jackson in the MTV generation backing Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Now it's outselling Coke. So we don't want this new crap. This new Coke is, mm-hmm. is trash. So what do we do? Well, we'll give you old Coke or original Coke mm-hmm. and just call it Coke Classic because mm-hmm. now it's been around for nearly 100 years at the time. Right, you know, right. And uh, and sales skyrocket for that.
1: You know? Yes, because it's better than Pepsi.
0: Right. And it was the Coke that you like had Pepsi. three years before.
1: Yeah. But I know. <laughs>
0: now, right. But but now no no now it's Coke Classic. Now that brand now it gives like mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. kind of air, uh, you know, a different feeling for it, and now it is, there's a different. What's what's the word I'm looking for? I'll put a pin in that and come back to it. Perspective anyway, for sure. Thank there's you. A different perspective
1: yeah. on it. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, and it, it sends a different message. It's like of classic Coke, right?
1: Well, Coke and then classic. and then they promoted Diet Coke, how much Diet Coke was supposed to taste like regular Coke.
0: And here's the joke. Diet Coke is new Coke because Diet Coke is disgusting.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Diet Coke is trash. Yeah. <laughs> I like
1: and then Diet they market Coke. it
0: to you where it's like, if you just drink Diet Coke, you'll lose weight, which also makes <sighs> no fucking sense because it's no, Coke.
1: everybody knows it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, they no, know that now. It's, it's still, yeah, it's <laughs> it's still a well. Back then, it was like flavored with uh, saccharin, and mm. then and then later on, they came out with what what is that? Uh, uh, Code zero. It. Well, no, the oh the, aspartame, the, the sugar aspartame. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, because saccharin, after a while, you know, everybody. Got freaked out because it's like, oh, it causes cancer in laboratory rats. But you know how much saccharin they have to pump into those rats to get them to have cancer? Whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, people they,
1: freaked out. You know, they could
0: probably argue as much as they put in a twelve case, right? And then right? aspartame <laughs> becomes uh, formaldehyde, from my understanding, because mm-hmm. that was the thing with Splenda. You, you know, people oh my God, douse yes. their iced tea and stuff and Splenda and so on and so forth. It's like, but that becomes aspartame, which is akin to formaldehyde. Like, yeah,
1: hmm. absolutely.
0: Like, yeah. all these things are poisonous. Like, if you look on the back of, of pretty much everything that you eat in a can or a package or whatever, is mm-hmm. shit you can't pronounce, like, dextrosecretose. It's like, what the hell
1: is that, right? Yeah, some kind of, it's yeah. Uh-huh. Well, recently, I have had, like, a cra- craving for Fanta i love fanta i love fanta strawberry in particular it's so fucking good but it's got red 40 in it so the first thing i did you know is i googled red 40 no it's not it's it's not any more poisonous than any other thing you ever eat i get Uh that but of course i had to google it because you know just want to make sure
0: Uh (laughs) but i love fanta
1: fanta's got some of the best sodas
0: taurine on um, the monster drinks. Like, I didn't know what taurine mm, was. Like, what, what is I don't taurine? like monster drinks. I don't mm. either. But, like, the first time I had one, it's like, this is gross. And then mm. I'm going, what is... It's too what sweet. What is
1: that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's too much sugar anyway. and too much caffeine. Yeah.
0: Well, and sugar... It honestly, is like it's crack for, for it's yeah, just sure, crack, just on yes. a legal name. It, like that's that's all it is. It's crack for
1: humans, absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll be the first to admit I'm I'm addicted to sugar. I gave up oh. smoking. That was actually mm-hmm. easy compared to giving up sugar. I don't drink. Thing. That was definitely easy to not have sugar. But, man, if it's, like, a normal day and you just stick some Rolos in front of me, I'll oh, fuck you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when I started losing weight. I'm this weight. close
1: to eating the foil because Rolos <laughs> are good.
0: When I first started losing weight or first, um, like, really committed to doing mm-hmm. it, you know, I went through withdrawals. Like, yeah, I oh remember God, yes. sitting.
1: Sugar withdrawals <laughs> are some of the worst.
0: Oh, my parents. God love them. They were, oh, they know they're wrong for this. So... <laughs> The first weekend that I had gone to the gym and actually like started like trying to change mm-hmm. my eating, they mm-hmm. made a fucking apple pie.
1: <gasps> I'm sitting in my room. Yes, they were wrong for that.
0: Oh, I was mad. Oh, I was mad.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I'm sitting in my room oh, yeah. and I can smell it. I can taste it. My mouth is watering and yes. I am literally yeah. rocking back and forth.
1: And I'm like oh my digging God, my, my nails into my you...
0: hands, going like, "Oh!"
1: It is bad. It is a bad, <sighs> bad, bad addiction. I know. Yes,
0: and it's the, the kind of thing... like,
1: "Oh, yeah." Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's it's mean. I know. Well, okay. So there was an off kilter for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if y'all,
1: I made, and, oh, I'm, I'm I'm so... yeah. I made it through though. I made it through. Superheroes.
0: I made it through. I did I'm not frustrated. have any pie, and it's like if <laughs> oh, I can get yes, through okay. that. If I could get through that, then I could do anything. And I finally lost. I ended up losing damn damn near 100 pounds over the course of, yes, a, of two years. Did, but
1: You were an inspiration to me for sure. Not that I did anything about that inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> inspiration to me. I didn't lose weight, but I told myself if I was to lose weight, I'm going to follow by her. <laughs> But no, I didn't do it. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know don't feel it's bad. Coming, it's coming. It's coming. I mean.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it came back, you know. I mean, I, not all of it. Nah, but you know, not some all of it. Of it, it. You like, still look good. You still oh, look thanks. good. Thanks. You know, and then COVID, of course. You know, Rona ruins everything. So, you know, speaking does, of sugar, it it's like a <laughs> hit, man. Yeah. I got me some cookies mm-hmm. and I had oh, ice cream yeah. for the first time in like a year. Ice cream. I remember why I don't <sighs> eat ice cream because you know, you start playing the booty trumpet, and if you're in a one bedroom apartment, that's not a good sound <laughs> and it's not a good smell either. And then, you oh, know, you just how the sugar makes issues. you, Lord, yeah. And when and it makes you feel because see, you go, you you change your eating and you change your okay. sugar intake. Because, um, of course, for me, I couldn't go cold turkey. But right. once you reintroduce it back into your system, <sighs> your system goes haywire because it remembers mm-hmm. what that was mm-hmm. like. It is a drug. It's like, well, it's like muscle memory, right? Like it mm-hmm. remembers how mm-hmm. this feels. And since sugar is a drug and it mm-hmm. and it releases or at least helps release the chemicals, the dopamine that you feel when you bite into a warm chocolate oh, chip cookie. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, an eclair.
0: Mm hmm. That hit that mm. you get.
1: Custard, not cream filled. Cream yeah, filled hey, is nasty. It, it, Custard that filled.
0: hit mm. that you get, that feeling of just, ah, uh, mm. yeah. And
1: then the rest of it, I hate myself, but I'm still going to mm-hmm. finish it.
0: <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I mean, do, my, I hate myself.
0: My trainer at the time, he's like, I want you to feel bad about yourself when you eat those things. I looked and I was like. Motherfucker, I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he got me. He was right.
0: He was right. I didn't feel bad about myself at the beginning. But Mm -hmm. after a while, it's like I didn't feel bad about myself, but I felt bad for eating it because it's like this literally is making you sick. And now if you have too much, if you have too much sugar, obviously you can end up with the diabetes. But um, the sugar sugar beanie. But (laughs) even even if it doesn't get to that point, the way you feel about when mm-hmm. you, you have too much of something. Okay. It's like your body they is crash. telling you, I can't have that. You know, and the older you mm-hmm. get, mm-hmm. the body will get louder and say, no, you can't have that. And if you do, parts are going to start falling off.
1: Mm. <laughs> and that
0: isn't to diminish anybody who does have diabetes <laughs> and unfortunately has lost body parts because of it. That's the whole point.
1: Right, right. Well, and, and you know what? Type one is a different situation anyway, because that's the kind that you're born with. Type mm-hmm. two is a little bit trickier because that, that can be um, something that you bring on yourself. And that's the one that we're all trying to fight for sure mm-hmm. is to not have ourselves put ourselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. And no, of course, obviously, we're not making fun of, of them for having it, but. Mm-hmm you know i'm i'm trying to keep myself from getting it and you know mm-hmm. again well let's 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 i'm i'm going to continue with 1985 that was happening in 1985 but yes <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> well okay so a couple couple other things that mattered to me the the song money for nothing came out and that song was incredible as far as like the whole beginning the exposition with sting mm-hmm. in the background you know i want my MTV And then all of a sudden, you hear the drums, and then Mm -hmm. you hear the guitar, and it still gives me chills right now while I'm talking about it, even though I listen to that song probably every other day, because it's just so amazing. That song was really kind of, it was kind of, I don't know. Ahead of its time. groundbreaking, Yeah, in a way. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you had all these happy, bouncy things that are going on, you know, in 1985 with all these Mm -hmm. other... Uh, pop artists and stuff, and then you have, you know, Dire Straits with Money for Nothing. And mm-hmm. it was just, I guess it was different. I guess that's what uh, what I'm trying to say. It was different. Uh, so that was cool. Also, and this this has, uh, Money for Nothing does have a, a cultural lasting power, especially for music. However, mm-hmm. this next item has a lasting power across the board, and that would be the movie Back to the Future. came out mm-hmm. in 1985. And that, people still talk about that. Today, all the time. Um, yeah, especially. I think it's
0: what the only original, as far as like original story mm-hmm. or original, like an it was an original movie. But I think mm-hmm. as far as because most most movies or TV shows or whatever they're they're following the same the same yeah. archetypes, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. With Back mm-hmm. to
0: the Future, it didn't. It it established one.
1: In a way, I guess yeah, one it could did. argue that, really right? Did.
0: But uh, you know, as far as what time travel is and how you would do it and the ramifications of that and right. so on and so forth. Like I, at the time, I mean, as, as far as I know, like even the Twilight Zone episode, I don't think they really did that.
1: No. I well, and it was, it was a combination of, you know, Michael J. Fox being, being a very popular actor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Christopher Lloyd doing something that was different than his character on Taxi from the late seventies, early eighties. The soundtrack predominantly with Huey Lewis and the News, you know, Power of Love and Back in Time and all that kind of stuff, which are really iconic and catchy for the 1980s. And, and yeah, the storyline of him, you know, the, the whole, (laughs) the whole thing where, where there's a a car, which was a very limited edition car, the DeLorean, they only made a few of those. And, you know, the, the, We all, if anybody ever drives at the speed limit 88, like drives up to the the speed 88, tell me in your mind, you don't wish that you could pop back into some other kind of decade. future decade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it does, it, it, it creates a, a, uh, it has the lasting power of going back in time, but to fix things. And he has such a shitty ass family. You know, in the beginning of the movie, just such, so shitty. And, you know, there's Biff, and we all know we'd love to just kick a Biff. We all, we've all known a Biff, and we'd all love to kick that motherfucker in the nuts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all like how, how he does save everything, and it all changes. The creepiness of his mom being in love with him. Uh, by the way if you watch that movie again and you haven't seen it in a very long time it is very rapey in parts just just letting you know like when Biff is literally trying to rape uh Marty's Marty's mother mother. um it's it's very rapey (laughs) so I mean you know it all, all is well that ends well but still you know um that movie and then two very popular pop acts or musicians or whatever get to do movie uh, soundtracks and that would be of you to a kill with duran duran do the theme song to the james bond of you to a kill and tina turner with mad max beyond thunderdome yeah we don't need another hero mm-hmm. that, that is song. my song mm-hmm. and then for tina all type. for all the gamers out there nintendo is released that was 85 wasn't it mm-hmm. mm-hmm so there starts that now I never saw one because I didn't have a video game till I was, mm, oh gosh, I think it was the year that you like. I think it was 1996, (laughs) maybe earlier, maybe, no, no, I take that back. I had, we, well, my ex-husband before, before we were married, because anyway, uh, he bought an Acer computer in 1994. Mm-hmm. So I played computer games. But as far as consoles were concerned, mm-hmm. we didn't get a console until 1990. It was after 1996. Okay. Uh, our, our daughter was. So it was like 99, 2000? No, 97, 98. So close. We had okay. a, 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 when did Nintendo 64 come out?
0: Oh, 99?
1: Yeah. And then that, that it was like 98, 99. It yeah. was before December of 1999. Uh, So it was like spring of 99, I guess we got Nintendo 64 and that's the first time I I had a console Uh, before that I had friends that had consoles. I had a friend that had uh, Atari, but you know, none of my friends were really, I guess, because it was 1985 and there was so much else to do that was not video game oriented Mm -hmm. because it wasn't something that everybody could afford or had, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, none of my friends were like heavily into that. Um, so I, I didn't even, at the time, I'll be honest, I didn't really even know because I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. So the part of 1985 that I'm talking about that is part of my, that is my favorite would be August to December because that's the first part of the school year, right? Late August, early September to December of 1985, so, you know, all this happens in 1985, but it's all kind of wrapped in my brain, right? Mm -hmm. But in the fall of 1985, I'm an 11th grader, I'm in marching band, and it's all about, this is Texas, so, (laughs) it's all about football until, you know, October, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, during that time, there's, you know, lots, lots of this stuff was going on, but, you know, again, I was wrapped up into my own life, listening to Duran Duran and Prince and All that stuff we talked about in the 1980s episode of music. But moving into 1986, again, spending a lot of time with Doug, my future husband, (laughs) and our friend Chris Hanchi, and another classmate of ours, go to the movies, you know, every Friday night, uh, hang out at Chris's house, hang out at Doug's house in the TV room, you know, just being, I guess, 11th graders, just being, you know, that was probably the best year of high school for my grades also. Um, I put more effort into it. 10th grade, I didn't do so well. Mm -hmm. And I was not able to do um, geometry very well. So I had to retake it, which was fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did better in 11th grade with that. But by 1986, you know, there was actually more drastic worldly events that I became aware of. Mm -hmm. one is um haley's comet of which i did not get to see but doug did he had to drive like way out in the country though away from dallas because of dallas's you know dome of lights (laughs) right (laughs) yeah because we are in the dfw area so dome of lights. so he drove way out in the country and he got to see haley's comet so there's that that's cool and chernobyl Uh, was a big deal. We didn't hear about it right away, of course, because the Soviet Union covered that up, but eventually. But the one that affected me the most was because I watched it. I saw it live the way a lot of America did, and that would be the Space Shuttle Challenger. Mm -hmm. Now, the way I remember it, and I'm hoping these two people corroborate this, one, if she listens to this, I've got a better chance of her corroborating than the other. I was in the band hall foyer. There was a couch and a TV in the band hall foyer at Richardson High School, and I was sitting there with Trisha LeBlanc, who now, by the way, coincidentally, is with my brother, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> so she was a senior, and I was, it, it was me and her and uh, another a senior, another senior. Um, I won't mention his name because I'm not close with him, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so the three of <laughs> us are watching the TV in the band hall foyer, and I'm not sure why we were there. You know, was I supposed to be in class? I don't know. But we're watching the space shuttle uh, Challenger, right? And for those of you that don't know, this was um, this was a, the space shuttle, which, by the way, have all been decommissioned. <laughs> so a space shuttle was, um, you know, a spacecraft that could go up uh, and then into space. Usually it took uh, people to – Mir, actually – the space, what's it called?
0: The space station.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Mir was actually launched in eighty five, eighty six. Also, so uh, it could take people up into space and then turn around and come back. It was a, it was a, a pre, pre SpaceX because <laughs> you know now people have SpaceX to to refer to. But um, a space shuttle was able to reland on Earth, so it kind of looked like an airplane almost. So this space shuttle was was important. Uh, They're all important. Uh, but this one was really important. It had a teacher on board. And so it was, she was a civilian. She was not a trained astronaut. As it's, as it's launching, it launches. It goes up into the atmosphere and then explodes. Probably, I'd probably say at least 70% of the United States watched that happen. The mm. bad part was, too, is they did split screen for her parents. So mm. on one side of the screen is the space shuttle. On the right side of the screen are her parents, who were there, right, for the, the launch, of course. And it goes up and up, and then things start happening, things exploding, and, of course, they have a camera directly on her parents during this time. Nobody thought to take that off right at first. Eventually, they do, right, because that's, that's horrible, right? right? I mean, it's bad enough that we, we watch the space shuttle and all aboard, of course, uh, die. Uh, it's even more... Horrific to watch her parents' reaction because they're confused at first. They don't, they're not sure. Nobody at first knew what was going on, right? Mm -hmm. We thought, well, maybe that's parts that are supposed to fall off, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't know much about, you know, a space shuttle, you don't know what parts are supposed to fall off, you know, they explode off because, you know, parts do, they come off and then the, the rocket part keeps going or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very traumatic and it was very tragic and so for the rest of the day, uh, it's like word spread really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the rest of the day uh, at the high school, it was very quiet, kind of surreal. I mean, obviously it was still a high school, right? Mm-hmm. And we still had quite a few kids in that high school. But it, 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 there was a feeling about it because NASA has had actually a very good track record for not losing astronauts. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean they're, they're for all the stuff that they've done with the space program, they haven't lost very many astronauts or others, <laughs> uh, with this. Uh, so this was this was the first that had happened in since the nineteen sixties with like Apollo one, I think. And that mm. one that one was a training exercise. Mm. So there weren't any astronauts or others that had been lost. So this was like a big deal. And then uh, I watched the other one. I, I'm I'm not laughing because it happened, but uh, I don't remember which one it was. But the one that came that that exploded coming back into the atmosphere, like in 2000. Oh yeah, something
0: 2002 out. or three, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: I was watching I that one too. So I don't watch launches anymore because I don't know. Yeah. The only two I've ever. <laughs> yeah. But either way, so the space shuttle Challenger in 1986 was was rough for for uh, a lot of people for me. During that time, uh, Top Gun came out. I'll be honest, I don't like the movie Top Gun. I don't care what anybody says. Fuck you, I hate Top Gun. (laughs) Because on top of that, fuck you, I don't like Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) And before, I didn't like Tom Cruise before he became a wackadoodle Scientologist. (laughs) Scientology, by the way, is a cult. For sure. It's a wackadoodle cult. I don't care who listens to this and who's into Scientology. Again, fuck you. It's a cult. And <laughs> I didn't like that movie. But all the dudes, of course, were like, yo, I have a need for speed. And it was just oh, <laughs> so annoying.
0: <laughs> I still don't get uh, Val Kilmer's. Was it Ice? Or yeah, Iceman. Iceman, Iceman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And him and Tom Cruise. He was hot in that
1: a... movie. I'll sure. get Val Kilmer. I would watch it just for Val Kilmer. How's that? Sure. I like Val Kilmer.
0: Um, so I like him as Batman, but yeah, about mm-hmm. it. Um, I still don't get his his response to Tom Cruise like, you know, like you wanna settle this or whatever. Like they're, you know, going back and forth mm-hmm. and he just like kinda bites at him. And then <laughs> uh like he clicks his teeth at him or whatever. It's like but yeah. I don't I don't understand that. And then Me neither. um <laughs> And then okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna settle this, you know, like with it, with the mm-hmm. trading uh, punches. No, we're gonna go oil up and play volleyball. Yeah, no, that's and that's, that's the how we settle things.
1: Sure, playing with uh, the boys. I think that's the name of the song too. Sure, is, is playing with the boys. I think it's something like
0: that. I mean, as far as the United States, and you know and how it's...
1: I feel about gay people. Yeah. Okay. Well. well that... I don't know, because yeah, I'm an ally, right? Better. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. It just it it's very. Uh, I oh, don't know if it was homoerotic. meant to be. Yeah, I don't know if it was meant to be that way. And if it wasn't, they they failed. Well, on that's making what I'm going thing. with that.
0: Yeah, like the yeah. United States and its its relationship with mm-hmm. the LGBT and our LGBT LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as far as it being it those those off of homosexuals, it's like the 1980s were very gay, <laughs> like very gay. And yes. Well, all the movies, Boy George
1: and yeah, that and then absolutely. Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah, he's not gay, but the movies that he put out there is like, that's yeah, that's definitely. No. <laughs>
1: and there's again, there's nothing wrong with that. What I no. meant by and you're right, I should have, I should have. Made that a little bit different. I am an ally. (laughs) Right? I'm an ally. I'm not. I'm not. You know, homophobic in any kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. I, it does not bother me in any kind of way. Um, <laughs> well, but even they tell
0: you like that's the gayest shit they've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. That, I guess that's where I was going with that. Is like that is so gay, and it's like okay, if it was meant to be gay, it's great. But if it wasn't meant to be gay, they failed. That yeah. is not. That is not. And 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 I'm not. I, I don't like the hyper-masculine bullshit either because I think it's like closet you know gay um yeah. which is fine too right i just think that everybody should be what they are but if you're trying to pers- <laughs> yeah if you're if you're it, trying to have this showdown you're gonna oil them up put them in tight mm-hmm. shorts and make them play volleyball and shit i don't get it <laughs> exactly i don't see that how that's, a... that's a oh and a song called playing with the boys
0: yeah well that was the thing especially it's in like, the 1980s oh. because yeah you have oh, yeah. this whole thing of like machismo and so on and so forth walking mm-hmm. around with your mm-hmm. shirt off mm-hmm. and these big barrel chests and you know these um all these muscles but it's like you're doing all of that to look good for other men
1: sure yeah the girls yeah.
0: may like it too but you're not doing it for them you can claim right. that you're doing it for the girls you know the curls right. for the mm-hmm. girls okay sure you keep telling yourself that the only people <laughs> who are checking you out are other dudes and it's really right. funny that you know homosexuality is a sin and it's wrong and fire and brimstone but you have Mm -hmm. this entire segment of pop culture where it's like that's nothing but uh, that homosexuality like that that's what that is even wrestling in the 80s the soap (laughs) opera you know all these uh uh, scantily clad muscled up muscle-bound dudes grabbing and groping each other (laughs) seriously
1: See, I, th- yes. I think wrestling, wrestling, like high school wrestling and shit like that. I think that's that's very homoerotic. Yes. It came from the Greeks, for God's sakes. W- you know, <sighs> which which no, which are, you know, traditionally thought of is that way because they had different views on male mm-hmm. love. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 but to to have people deny that.
0: But it, well, because mm-hmm. all this is happening through you know the lens of yeah, um, you know pure pure, ty- pure tyrannical right, as I say it, um, <laughs> quote unquote Christian beliefs, right? Yeah that's, I, yeah, that's true. So you just you have that segment happening, and it's like really. So, so really,
1: so, Top Gun is a homoerotic. <laughs>
0: oh yeah! Oh, so, all of them. All the Top Gun. What are the other ones? Pretty much any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, I guess, besides yeah. Predator. Just looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and everybody in his in his unit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Rocky for crying out loud. Seriously, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's one. Here's
1: one that might not be, and this is this is about female empowerment too, if you ask me. So I have a story, because okay, the second Alien movie, Aliens, came out in 1986. Now I have a story about this <laughs> that my husband loves to tell too. Okay, again, uh, hanging out with my future husband, he and I very close friends since 7th grade, right? But 11th grade, we were closer because again, he broke up with his girlfriend who stabbed me in the back <laughs> The year from the year before, from 10th grade year. So he and I are close again because we were close until they started dating, right? Because you know how that goes. But yeah. luckily when they stopped dating, I kicked the bitch to the curb and he and I became even closer <laughs> friends. So that worked out well. Um, so he and Chris and I uh, went to go see Aliens. I don't remember if there was another... Chick with us or not, if that other classmate was with us, I don't, it doesn't matter. So, we're watching aliens now. This is the second movie, right? Because mm-hmm. the first one is just alien and the second one is aliens, right? And then who cares about the third and fourth? They weren't that great, but anyway, <laughs> so we're watching aliens. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's freaking me out, okay? It, the whole idea of it does kind of freak me out because. Who knows? (laughs) Those kind of anytime (laughs) you talk about outer beings or things from outer space, it could be right. We could be right. We don't know. So I'm looking at these creatures, and this 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 creature is. I don't know if you you know what they are, but I don't know if the listeners do. These just y'all are gonna have to Google it because they
0: have alien versus predator, so they they know.
1: And if not, again, they they can Google it. It's it's a horrific creature who opens its mouth, and then another mouth comes out of that mouth. That will eat you, and the their host is often humans. <laughs> where the the squid looking part, like these babies, come out of these 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 pod sacks, I guess, and they attach themselves to your face, and then they impregnate your body, and then later on, when that that uh, creature gets to maturity, it rips open your <laughs> chest and comes out. Okay, it's <laughs> it's horrific, right? The movie it stars Sigourney Weaver. And a host of other people I don't care about, but anyway, uh, so so uh, there's a little girl in the second one also. Newt, um, I don't know the actress's name again. Does not matter. So just all the horrific things, and I say horrific because it's like a it's like a space thriller horror movie kind of thing. So the whole time, of course, I've, I'm gripping on to Doug's arm, and I have my face in his in his shoulder, right, mm. which is. Girl, way of kind of flirting, right? Doug and I are not dating, but we liked each other. We just never told each other until like two thousand ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <laughs> really long, sad tale, <laughs> a happy tale, really in the end. But um, so of course I'm doing the whole, you know, cuddling up to a guy, a big, strong, you know, strapping lad guy, rubbing my face into his shoulder at the the, you know, scary parts and all that, right? Well, it was a premiere showing of aliens in our area. Okay. Which means, of course, it wasn't open to the public yet. Okay. Well, they had done like a drawing thing or like a lottery kind of thing where you had like a ticket and what they were going to do. I don't remember if it was before or after or midway or whatever. Um, I'm kind of fuzzy on those details, but when they did the drawing and it was for a pair of uh, Reebok And they were called Reebok Alien Stompers. And they were the same shoe (laughs) that Sigourney Weaver wore in the movie. Okay? Nice. So, yeah. Right. I didn't, I don't care about that shoe. Right? That's not my style. So anyway, and I never win anything anyway. Right? (laughs) So I'm sitting between Doug and Chris. And I get embarrassed in front of large groups of people. And this was a full theater. And they draw a number or something. And it's me. Right? (laughs) I freak out. I freak out and hand the ticket to Chris Hanchi. Now, Doug never lets me forget <laughs> that I handed the ticket to Chris Hanchi, but I had the crush on Doug, right? Oh. So, of course, he oh. likes to bring that up on occasion. <laughs> but here's the, here's, here's the catch. Chris <laughs> Hanchi does. He goes up there, and what they do is they, they have him you know give them his address and his name and his shoe size. Well, it was going to take a while because this is before Amazon 24 hour delivery, right? Or drones or whatever. And so, and they have to make it his size or whatever. So he he gives them the size of his shoe right then. So by the time he gets them, his foot is a whole size bigger than the shoe he got. (laughs) (laughs) But as I remind my husband, Chris Hanchi might've gotten the shoes. But in the in the end, Doug got the girl, <laughs> <laughs> and I also remind him that during the entire movie, I was not cuddled up with my face in the shoulder or the neck of the guy on my right. It was the guy on my left, or vice, versa. either way. I was I was cuddled up to Doug, not Chris. Well, so the I can't.
0: Story could be better is if Chris had the shoes that he he, he couldn't fit them because his feet uh-huh. were too big. And so uh-huh. he gave him the Doug, or he gave him. The I head. know.
1: <laughs> yes, I think he still has them. What? Last, yeah, last. Well, because now they're like three hundred dollars. They're worth three hundred dollars. That's it. I, I know you'd more. think they'd be more, but you know, yeah. those shoes. Come on, they're Reebok. Does Reebok exist? Still, yeah, yeah. Does it? I oh, mean, it be like a pair not of like the, the first
0: Jordans if you never wore them. I mean, those would be. Yeah, he never wore these. Dollar, so I don't know.
1: Thousand. I mean, I just googled it yesterday, and that's saw what well, I saw. The highest was five hundred, I think. Hmm. Um, but still, yeah, I'm not into shoes very much. So to me, it's like, that, that seems like a lot. But then people are like, mm, I can get a pair of shoes now that are worth $500. It's like, oh, I'd pay That'd that, that for a- shoes. Yeah. They better have top. some fucking diamonds on Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they Even better have fucking diamonds the, the on the money them.
0: they spend on those shoes. It's like shit. Five hundred dollars for a two for a pair of mm-hmm. shoes. That's two hundred fifty dollars a foot, fifty dollars a toe. For five hundred dollars, those shoes better have me walk on water. <laughs> I better be Jesus wearing those shoes for Exactly
1: right. Oh, there's a <laughs> ne- there was a Netflix documentary or whatever, mm-hmm. a, n- a documentary on Netflix about shoes and about you know how in some in some areas people die for their shoes. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, and and especially in, uh like, like inner city areas or something like that, depending that, that they can act, people have been actually shot for their shoes.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Which is incredible. Fan. Yeah, it, yeah, well, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: People <laughs> have killed for a lot less and oh, done yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You know, when you say it out loud, like, it sounds ridiculous. But it's like, okay, the shoes, especially in the 80s, it was a status symbol for some people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's yes, all about it branding. So. Mm-hmm. If you can afford to have those shoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, then that sends the signal to the world that, oh, this person has something and they have something that I don't. As we open the conversation, right, with we are the world, if you have an environment where things are scarce and you're kept in a certain uh, precarity, hey, Nike or right. Reebok or whomever may not seem like a lot, but it's more than what I got at the moment. And if you have it, I'm True. taking it from you.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, also those years, um, I I worked at a store. I don't know if they exist anymore. Uh, I don't think they do. Called Naturalizer, and it was you know a shoe store. And I I fully enjoyed that. You know, uh, we we rode around in Chris or Doug's car. Chris had a Honda CRX, little tiny red two seater, and I always sat in the front with Chris because you know. I I sit in the front, and Doug always sat, even though he was, you know, much taller, much bigger than I, you know, tall, broad shoulders, sat in the hatchback (laughs) between me and Chris. And then Doug had a uh, Prelude, a Honda Prelude, and then we drove around in that a lot, too. And then when I got my driver's license, I had, yep, a 1982, I think it was 81 or 82, Toyota Corolla four-door. It was the ugliest thing on the planet, but I drove it. Uh, and i was very proud but you know that the 11th grade it was it was a great a great school year had lots of friends you know had a job i don't know i don't i don't remember a lot of neg- negative things that happened to me mm-hmm. in 1986 80, 85 86 11th grade school year i, I mm-hmm. don't remember a lot of negative things that happened to me and usually i can come up with something but that year that year seemed to be a a a really good a really good year nice yeah Yeah, so on to you. Let's get on to 1996.
0: Well, we've been here for an hour. You want to do a part two?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, maybe we should. We gotta, you know what? We're gonna have to start making all of these part twos because we can't ever get past. Yeah. So, okay. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I droned on about 1985 and 86 now, but I am curious about 1996 with you. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, we we can record next week. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, we actually we don't have to because everybody knows tomorrow our superheroes part 3 will go up mm-hmm. and this one that you're listening to now you will be listening to on January 8th or later. <laughs> so we've <laughs> got lots of time. So January 9th, uh you and I can record on our normal day. Sure. That's the day that that my daughter leaves goes back uh where she came from. And <laughs> 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 and uh <laughs> <laughs> um So that evening, we can we can record.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. yeah. So
1: yeah, we got plenty of time. So that gives you more time to reflect about 1996
0: and do some research too. Like what was going on in 1996? Yeah, because um, if you
1: were eight, <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, right. Like I, I can't uh, really give you much other than uh, I I'll be, be honest, I can't either. Right. Well, it's like uh as far as you know, what made it so special to me was mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. still music on MTV. Uh, There were still cartoons on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. And there was this level of innocence or um, this environment that I was able to create for myself um, in that that time period, especially between when I got out of school, um, because this is Mm -hmm. still when school let out. And I went to a private school on on top of that. So school let out um, right after uh, Memorial Day right before, like, the the week, the Friday before Memorial Day is when the last day of Mm -hmm, school was. mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't go back until my birthday, which I was not happy about. But that gave me, like, a good three months, pretty much, uh, of no school. Yeah, yeah. And that summer in particular, I was in my first talent show. I went to, they called it day camp, but Mm -hmm. I went to the the YWCA. They had a, a... Basically, you know, a, a babysitter program or whatever. So my mom would drop me off there in the morning, and so I spent most of the summer there. And then mm-hmm. when that ended, I got to stay home by myself from eight o'clock in the morning to about a quarter after five in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, nice. for like two or three weeks, and it was great.
1: And you were I lo- eight.
0: I was eight, and I loved it. And I, when I was younger, well, I guess eight is pretty young, but Younger than eight, um, Mm. I was afraid to be alone because, you know, of course being a little kid, there's monsters under your bed and in the basement and so on and so forth. By the time eight eight years old becoming nine years old rolls around, um, okay, I don't have monsters under the bed or in the basement, but now I have, like, the house to myself. And this is also growing up with Kevin McAllister having the house to himself and how awesome that was. Home
1: alone, for those that don't know who that is.
0: Exactly. So... No, I don't have traps and I'm not, you know, sliding around mm-hmm. the house in my socks doing a risky business thing, but <laughs> it's, it's great to have the house to yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. if you
0: hear creaks and, and things like that, but that's okay. Cause you have uh, TV. Uh, so, so long as I had cable and, you know, right. power, cause some, yeah. one time power went out and I was like, well, what, <gasps> what am I going to do now? Oh my God. Oh my God. I got to open a book. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: funny. <laughs> Well right? yes, I do wanna hear a child's perspective on nineteen ninety six because, you know, us being far enough apart in age of I was twenty seven mm. in nineteen ninety six and had a two year old daughter by then. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to hear a a different perspective of nineteen ninety six than what I have. Sure. So yes, you get your whole episode to yourself because I've already <laughs> done mine. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, then let's re- go ahead and wrap this up because I, I do, I want, you know, I want more from you uh, sure. next week, the following sure. week, whenever the week is. Okay. All right.
0: Well, thanks, you guys, for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, hope that you enjoyed our conversation. And if it took you back, like our 1980s music episode mm-hmm. and our 1990s episode, like, hey, it had reminisce. So please email us your favorite Mm -hmm. year and why at off kilter no filter at Mm yahoo.com that Mm -hmm. is no spaces it's not case sensitive all one word off kilter no filter at yahoo.com
1: absolutely yes off kilter no filter at yahoo.com Yahoo.com, no spaces, no caps. We can't say it enough, because y'all still aren't emailing us. And that's that's a, yeah, that's that's fine. We figure you're shy, right? Or to run a <laughs> gag over with it. the
0: listeners, where it's like, yeah, yeah, they want us to email us. <laughs> let's, let's let's not yeah, email them just right? to have them bitch and moan at us about emailing them. Yeah. I will make right.
1: sure that I put it in the description of the episode too. So that way you can just click on that link. Like after you listen to the podcast, and you're like, you know what? I did think of an email. That way you can just click on the link. It'll mm-hmm. take you right to the email. I want you to talk about the music, Byron, at the beginning ah. and end and so on. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I always forget that. Why do I always forget that? All right. So the music uh, that know. you heard, I know, right? <laughs> I was, because I I'm, I'm very modest, <laughs> which I yes, guess if you want to be a pop are, star, you are. And
1: that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, but if you want to be a pop star, sorry, <laughs> nope, that's not happening. So <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you got to take a page out of Prince's book. Look, it is what it is. I'm great okay. dealing with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. So the music that you hear at the beginning of this podcast is Roadblocks. It's a new song. Um, coming from an upcoming project, maybe. We'll see what happens. Anyway, so that is my latest song, and the music at the end of uh, this episode um, is the instrumental version of Square One. You can find my debut album titled Square One on Amazon, uh, Google Play. Uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your music, you can go to YouTube and listen to it for free. I prefer the getting paid option, but I understand 2020 <laughs> has ruined everything. And even that $600 you may be getting in 2021, it's okay. Just listen to the music and enjoy.
1: Yes, you it's can, one, oh. It's fantastic, by the way. It, it, <laughs> you can't find better. It's a great album, especially if you like to dance. It's, it's wonderful. Fantastic.
0: Go listen to that. Yeah. Also, you can listen to one of my favorite songs on the album is called very well i know you can hear an instrumental version of that on tammy's podcast called women <laughs> committing crimes and the song at the end of that podcast is also from square one entitled who and as she said if you like to dance you can dance to both of those versions again mm-hmm. you can find it on youtube uh they yeah, have the full versions mm-hmm. all of it so enjoy yes. thank you for listening
1: well, there's a segue to my other podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, my other podcast, Women Committing Crimes, about women committing crimes. Uh, <laughs> all types of women, uh, all different um, time periods, all different types of crimes. Um, not just murder, but, you know, uh, theft. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And that you can find at any podcaster also, including uh, iTunes. We're working on getting this podcast on iTunes. When it does, give us five stars. But uh, if you go to Women Committing Crimes, please give me five stars on iTunes. Also, if you like uh, if you like podcasts, but definitely if you like podcasts, where people discuss all different types of things, there is a podcast called um, This Is Why You're Wrong, where they make lists of their top 10 favorites or top 10 not favorites. Uh, different types of things. Latest episode, top 10 uh, favorite sci-fi, sci-fantasy books. There's also, you know, top 10 favorite sodas, just all subjects. And that is with Steven Everett John DeBruin, and Alex Alcantar. And then they argue about why their list is superior to the other people's lists. It's a, it's a good time. Not as fun as this one, but, you know, it's still fun. <laughs> Just have to say, <laughs> I think our podcast is more fun. <laughs> yes. But theirs is definitely uh, also fun. It, it does make you want to create your own list, for sure. Um, and their their podcast was also... Um, Kind of an inspiration for my Women Committing Crimes and this one as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the idea of being able to do a podcast that people would enjoy listening to. So Mm -hmm. um, the artwork for Off Kilter, No Filter and Women Committing Crimes is done by my husband, Doug Chase. (laughs) So if you like that, you know, drop us a line for that too. Um, Let us know any of your feelings, what you'd like to hear. So I'm, I'm, I'm done. What about you? Anything else? Yeah.
0: Um, well... By the time you hear this, it'll be January 8th. But as of this recording, we are leaving 2020 behind. Thank God. And we are looking forward to hearing from you guys in 2021. Mm -hmm. So Happy New Year, everybody. Make Um, it one
1: of your New Year's resolutions to email us.
0: Yes, do that. Uh, so please stay safe. Uh, yes. I hope yes. you had a Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa, Chris Moana, Hansika, all of that. And there, there it is. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Chris Moana yeah, have a happy new year. 2021, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yes. I'm not going be to safe. jinx it. 2021, it will be 2021. So let's go in it with, go into it with a smile oh, and yes. a positive smile,
1: attitude. Smile, open arms and open, yeah. open eyes.
0: Because yeah. we're, we're not, we're not doing best life and new year new me because look where that got us so 2021 (laughs) we're going to go in with eyes wide open and uh keep that same energy that's what i would tell the listeners and that applies to any and everything that has happened this year keep that same Mm -hmm. energy
1: do Mm -hmm. that yes please do yes all right we will see you next time bye
0: bye guys